Chapter Eleven of Kotto. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Awaii in June two thousand and ten. Kotto, being Japanese curios with sundry cobwebs by Lafcadio O'Hearn. Chapter Eleven, A Woman's Diary, Part Two. On the twenty-second day of the sixth month, I began to sew a kimono which father had asked me to make for him, but I felt ill and could not do much. However, I was able to finish the work on the first day of the new year, 1897. Now we were very happy because of the child that was to be born, and I thought how proud and glad my parents would be at having a grandchild for the first time. On the tenth day of the fifth month, I went out with mother to worship Shiogama-sama, and also to visit Sengakuji. Footnote, Shiogama Daimyojin, a Shinto deity, to whom women pray for easy delivery in childbirth. Shrines of this divinity may be found in almost every province of Japan. End footnote. There we saw the tombs of the Shijin Shichishi, 47 ronin, and many relics of their history. We returned by railroad, taking the train from Shinagawa to Shinjiku. At Shiocho Sanchome, I parted from mother, and I got home by six o'clock. On the eighth day of the sixth month, at four o'clock in the afternoon, a boy was born. Both mother and child appeared to be as well as could be wished, and the child much resembled my husband, and its eyes were large and black. But I must say that it was a very small child, for, though it ought to have been born in the eighth month, it was born indeed in the sixth. At seven o'clock in the evening of the same day, when the time came to give the child some medicine, we saw, by the light of the lamp, that he was looking all about, with his big eyes wide open. During that night the child slept in my mother's bosom. As we had been told that he must be kept very warm because he was only a seven-months child, it was decided that he should be kept in the bosom by day as well as by night. Next day, the ninth day of the sixth month, at half-past six o'clock in the afternoon, he suddenly died. Brief is the time of pleasure, and quickly turns to pain, and whatsoever is born must necessarily die. That indeed is a true saying about this world. Footnote Ureshiki maba watsuka nite Mata kanashimi to hensuru Umareru mono wa kanaratsu shitsu A Buddhist text that has become a Japanese proverb. End footnote Only for one day to be called a mother, to have a child born only to see it die, Surely I thought if a child must die within two days after birth, it were better that it should never be born. From the twelfth to the sixth month I had been so ill, then at last I had obtained some ease and joy at the birth of a son, and I had received so many congratulations about my good fortune, and nevertheless he was dead. Indeed, I suffered great grief. On the tenth day of the sixth month, the funeral took place, at the temple called Senpukuji in Okubo, and a small tomb was erected. The poems composed at that time were the following. Footnote. 
composed by the bereaved mother herself as a discipline against grief. End footnote. Omoikia, minisae kaenu, nadeshiko ni, wakareshi sodeno, tsuyu no tamoto wo. If I could only have known. Ah, this parting with the flower, for which I would so gladly have given my own life, has left my sleeves wet with the dew. Footnote. Nadeshiko literally means pink, but in poetry the word is commonly used in the meaning of baby. End footnote. Samidare ya, shimerigachunaru, sode no tamoto wo. Oh, the month of rain, all things become damp, the ends of my sleeves are wet. Footnote. Samidare is the name given to the old fifth month, or, more strictly speaking, to a rainy period occurring in that month. The verses are, of course, elusive, and their real meaning might be rendered thus. Oh, the season of grief! All things now seem sad. The sleeves of my robe are moist with my tears. End footnote. Some little time afterward, people told me that if I planted the sotoba upside down, another misfortune of this kind would not come to pass. Footnote. The sotoba is a tall wooden lath inscribed with Buddhist texts and planted above a grave. For a full account of the sotoba, see the article entitled The Literature of the Dead in my Exotics and Retrospectives, page 102. I am not able to give any account or explanation of the curious superstition here referred to, but it is probably of the same class with the strange custom recorded in my Gleanings in Buddha Fields, page 126. End footnote. I had a great many sorrowful doubts about doing such a thing, but at last, on the ninth day of the eighth month, I had the sotoba reversed. On the eighth day of the ninth month, we went to the Akasaka Theatre. On the eighteenth day of the tenth month, I went by myself to the Haruki Theatre in Hongo to see the play of Okubo Hikosaemon. Footnote. It would be unfair to suppose that this visit to the theatre was made only for pleasure, it was made rather in the hope of forgetting pain, and probably by order of the husband. Okubo Hikosaemon was the favorite minister and adviser of the shogun Iemitsu. Numberless stories of his sagacity and kindness are recorded in popular literature, and in many dramas the notable incidents of his official career are still represented. End footnote. There, having carelessly lost my sandal ticket, Gezoku Fuda, I had to remain until after everybody else had left. Then I was at last able to get my sandals and to go home, but the night was so black that I felt very lonesome on the way. On the day of the Sekku, in the first month, 1898, I was talking with Hori's aunt and the wife of our friend Uchimi when I suddenly felt a violent pain in my breast and, being frightened, I tried to reach a talisman, Omamori, of Suitengu, which was lying upon the wardrobe. Footnote. A divinity half-Buddhist, half-Shinto in origin, but now popularly considered Shinto. This god is especially worshipped as a healer and a protector against sickness. His principal temple in Tokyo is in the Nihonbashi district. End footnote. 
but in the same moment I fell senseless. Under kind treatment I soon came to myself again, but I was ill for a long time after. The tenth day of the fourth month being the holiday Sanju Nensai, we arranged to meet at father's. Footnote. A festival in commemoration of the thirtieth anniversary of the establishment of Tokyo as the imperial capital, instead of Kyoto. End footnote. I was to go there first with Juno Suke, perhaps a relative, and there wait for my husband, who had to go to the office that morning for a little while. He met us at father's house about half-past eight, then the three of us went out together to look at the streets. We passed through Kyojimachi to Nakatamachi, and went by way of the Sakuradamon to the Hibiya Metsuke, and thence from Ginzadori by way of the Meganebashi to Uyeno. After looking at things there, we again went to the Meganebashi, but then I felt so tired that I proposed to return, and my husband agreed, as he also was very tired. But Junosuke said, as I do not want to miss this chance to see the daimyo procession, I must go on to Ginza. Footnote. Daimyo no Gyoretsu. On the festival mentioned, there was a pageant representing feudal princes traveling in state, accompanied by their retainers and servants. The real armor, costumes, and weapons of the period before Meiji were effectively displayed on this occasion. End footnote. So there we said goodbye to him, and we went to a little eating house, Tempuraya, where we were served with fried fish, and, as luck would have it, we got a good chance to see the daimyo procession from that very house. We did not get back home that evening until half-past six o'clock. From the middle of the fourth month I had much sorrow on account of a matter relating to my sister Tori. The matter is not mentioned. On the nineteenth day of the eighth month of the thirty-first year of Meiji, 1898, my second child was born, almost painlessly, a girl, and we named her Hatsu. We invited to the Shichiya all those who had helped us at the time of the child's birth. Footnote. Shichiya, a congratulatory feast, held on the evening of the seventh day after the birth of a child. Relatives and friends invited usually make small presents to the baby. End footnote. Mother afterwards remained with me for a couple of days, but she was then obliged to leave me because my sister Ko was suffering from severe pains in the chest. Fortunately, my husband had his regular vacation about the same time, and he helped me all he could, even in regard to washing and other matters, but I was often greatly troubled because I had no woman with me. When my husband's vacation was over, mother came often, but only while my husband was away. The twenty-one days, the period of danger, thus passed, but mother and child continued well. Up to the time of one hundred days after my daughter's birth, I was constantly anxious about her, because she often seemed to have difficulty in breathing. But that passed off at last, and she appeared to be getting strong. Still, we were unhappy about one matter, a deformity. Hatsu had been born with a double thumb on one hand. For a long time we could not make up our minds to take her to a hospital, in order to have an operation performed. But at last, a woman living near our house told us of a very skillful surgeon in the quarter of Shinjiku, and we decided to go to him. 
my husband held the child on his lap during the operation i could not bear to see the operation and i waited in the next room my heart full of pain and fear wondering how the matter would end but when all was over the little one did not appear to suffer any pain and she took the breast as usual a few minutes after so the matter ended more fortunately than i had thought possible at home she continued to take her milk as before and seemed as if nothing had been done to her little body but as she was so very young we were afraid that the operation might in some way cause her to be sick by way of precaution i went with her to the hospital every day for about three weeks but she showed no sign of sickness on the third day of the third month of the thirty-second year eighteen ninety nine on the occasion of the hatsu sekku the first annual festival of girls is thus called we received presents of dairi and of hina both from father's house and from goto's also the customary gifts of congratulation a tansu chest of drawers a kyodai mirror stand and a haribako work box literally needle box footnote all the objects here mentioned are toys toys appropriate to the occasion the dairi are old-fashioned toy figures representing an emperor and empress in ancient costume hina are dolls End footnote we ourselves on the same occasion bought for her a chadai teacup stand a zen lacquered tray and some other little things both goto and junosuke came to see us on that day and we had a very happy gathering on the third day of the fourth month we visited the temple anahachiman a shinto shrine in the district of waseda to pray for the child's health on the twenty-ninth day of the fourth month hatsu appeared to be unwell so i wanted to have her examined by a doctor a doctor promised to come the same morning but he did not come and i waited for him in vain all that day next day again i waited but he did not come toward evening hatsu became worse and seemed to be suffering great pain in her breast and i resolved to take her to a doctor early next morning all through that night i was very uneasy about her but at daybreak she seemed to be better so i went out alone taking her on my back and i walked to the office of a doctor in akasaka but when i asked to have the child examined i was told that i must wait as it was not yet the regular time for seeing patients while i was waiting the child began to cry worse than ever before she would not take the breast and i could do nothing to soothe her either by walking or resting so that i was greatly troubled at last the doctor came and began to examine her and in the same moment i noticed that her crying grew feebler and that her lips were becoming paler and paler then as i could not remain silent seeing her thus i had to ask how is her condition she cannot live until evening he answered but could you not give her medicine i asked if she could drink it he replied i wanted to go back home at once and send word to my husband and to my father's house but the shock had been too much for me all my strength suddenly left me fortunately a kind old woman came to my aid and carried my umbrella and other things and helped me to get into a jinrikisha so that i was able to return home by jinrikisha then i sent a man to tell my husband and my father 
Mita's wife came to help me, and with her assistance everything possible was done to help the child. Still, my husband did not come back, but all our pain and trouble was in vain. So, on the second day of the fifth month of the thirty-second year, my child set out on her journey to the Juman Okudo, never to return to this world. Footnote. Another name for the Buddhist paradise of the West, the heaven of Amida, Amitabha. End footnote. And we, her father and mother, were yet living, though we had caused her death by neglecting to have her treated by a skilled doctor. This thought made us both sorrow greatly, and we often reproached ourselves in vain. But the day after her death the doctor said to us, Even if the disease had been treated from the beginning by the best possible means, your child could not have lived more than about a week. If she had been ten or eleven years old, she might possibly have been saved by an operation, but in this case no operation could have been attempted. The child was too young. Then he explained to us that the child had died from a ginsoen, nephritis. Thus, all the hopes that we had, and all the pains that we took in caring for her, and all the pleasure of watching her grow during those nine months, all were in vain. But we too were at last able to find some ease from our sorrow, by reflecting that our relation to this child, from the time of some former life, must have been very slight and weak. Footnote, or very thin and loose the karma relation being emblematically spoken of as a bond or tie. She means, of course, that the loss of the child was the inevitable consequence of some fault committed in a previous state of existence. End footnote. In the loneliness of that weary time, I tried to express my heart by writing some verses after the manner of the story of Miyagino in Shinobu in the Gidayu-bon. Footnote. Gidayu-bon, the book of the Gidayu. There are many Gidayu books. Gidayu is the name given to a kind of musical drama. In the dramatic composition here referred to, the characters Miyagino and Shinobu are sisters who relate their sorrows to each other. End footnote. Kore, kono uchi e enzukishi wa, omoe kaeseba itsutose mae, Kondomo keshi wa onago no ko, kawai mono tote sodatsuru kato, wagami no nari wa uchi wa sure, sodate shikotomo nasake nai. Koshita koto, towa tsuyu shiratsu, kono hatsu wa buchi ni sodatsuru ka, shubiyo sejin shita naraba, yagate mukovotori tanoshima sho doshite to. Monomi yu san wotashinande, wagako daijito, oto no kotomo, hatsu no kotomo, koishi natsukashi omo no wo, tanoshimi kurashita kaimono, oyako ni narishi wa ureshi ga, sakidatsu kotowo miru haha no, kokoro mosuishite tamoino to. Tevo, Tori kawasu fufu ga nageki, nageki wo tachigiku mo, morai nakishite omoteguchi, 
Shoji, Mundururu Bakarinari. Here, in this house, it was that I married him. Well, I remember the day, five years ago. Here was born the girl baby, the loved one whom we hoped to rear. Caring then no longer for my person, heedless of how I dressed when I went out, thinking only of how to bring her up, I lived. How pitiless this doom of mine! Never had I even dreamed that such a thing could befall me. My only thoughts were as to how my Hatsu could best be reared. When she grows up, I thought soon we shall find her a good husband to make her life happy. So never going out for pleasure-seeking, I studied only how to care for my little one, how to love and to cherish my husband and my Hatsu. Vain now, alas, this hoped-for joy of living only for her sake. Once having known the delight of the relation of mother and child, deign to think of the heart of the mother who sees her child die before her. Footnote, that is, before she herself, the mother dies. There is a colloquial phrase in the Japanese texts. Koga oya ni sakiratsu is the common expression. The child goes before the parents. That is to say, dies before the parents. End footnote. All of the foregoing is addressed to the spirit of the dead child. Translator. Now, while husband and wife, each clasping the hands of the other, make lament together, if any one pausing at the entrance should listen to their sorrow, surely the paper window would be moistened by tears from without. About the time of Hatsu's death, the law concerning funerals was changed for the better, and permission was given for the burning of corpses in Okubo. So I asked Namiki to have the body sent to the temple of which his family had always been parishioners, providing that there should be no legal difficulty about the matter. Accordingly, the funeral took place at Monjoji, a temple belonging to the Asakusa branch of the Hongwanji Shinju, and the ashes were there interred. My sister Ko was sick in bed with a rather bad cold at the time of Hatsu's death, but she visited us very soon after the news had reached her. And she called again a few days later to tell us that she had become almost well and that we had no more cause to feel anxious about her. As for myself, I felt a dread of going out anywhere, and I did not leave the house for a whole month. But as custom does not allow one to remain always indoors, I had to go out at last, and I made the required visit to fathers and to my sisters. Having become quite ill, I hoped that mother would be able to help me. But Ko was again sick, and Yoshi, a younger sister here mentioned for the first time, and mother had both to attend her constantly, so I could get no aid from father's house. There was no one to help me except some of my female neighbors, who attended me out of pure kindness when they could spare the time. At last I got Horishi to engage a good old woman to assist me, and under her kind care I began to get well. About the beginning of the eighth month I felt much stronger. On the fourth day of the ninth month, my sister Ko died of consumption. It had been agreed beforehand that if an unexpected matter, a euphemistic expression for death, came to pass, my younger sister Yoshi should be received in the place of Ko. 
as gotoshi found it inconvenient to live altogether alone the marriage took place on the eleventh day of the same month and the usual congratulations were offered on the last day of the same month okadashi suddenly died we found ourselves greatly troubled pecuniarily embarrassed by the expenses that all these events caused us when i first heard that yoshi had been received so soon after the death of ko i was greatly displeased but i kept my feelings hidden and i spoke to the man as before on the eleventh month goto went alone to sapporo on the second day of the second month thirty-third year of meiji nineteen hundred Gotoshi returned to Tokyo, and on the fourteenth day of the same month he went away again to Hokkaido, Yezo, taking Yoshi with him. On the twentieth day of the second month, at six o'clock in the morning, my third child, a boy, was born. Both mother and child were well. We had expected a girl, but it was a boy that was born, so when my husband came back from his work he was greatly surprised and pleased to find that he had a boy but the child was not well able to take the breast so we had to nourish him by means of a feeding bottle on the seventh day after the boy's birth we partly shaved his head and in the evening we had the shichiya seventh day festival but this time all by ourselves my husband had caught a bad cold some time before, and he could not go to work next morning as he was coughing badly, so he remained in the house. Early in the morning the child had taken his milk as usual, but about ten o'clock in the forenoon he seemed to be suffering great pain in his breast, and he began to moan so strangely that we sent a man for a doctor. Unfortunately the doctor that we asked to come was out of town, and we were told that he would not come back before night. Therefore, we thought that it would be better to send at once for another doctor, and we sent for one. He said that he would come in the evening. But about two o'clock in the afternoon, the child's sickness suddenly became worse, and a little before three o'clock, the twenty-seventh day of the second month, Aenaku, my child was dead, having lived for only eight days. Footnote Aenaku is an adjective signifying, according to circumstances, feeble or transitory or sad. Its use here might best be rendered by some such phrase as piteous to say. End footnote. I thought to myself that even if this new misfortune did not cause my husband to feel an aversion for me, thus having to part with all my children, one after another, must be the punishment of some wrong done in the time of a former life. And, so thinking, I knew that my sleeves would never again become dry, that the rain of tears would never cease, that never again in this world would the sky grow clear for me. And more and more I wondered whether my husband's feelings would not change for the worse by reason of his having to meet such trouble, over and over again, on my account. I felt anxious about his heart, because of what already was in my own. Nevertheless, he only repeated the words, Temei itashikata korenaku, from the decrees of heaven there is no escape. I thought that I should be better able to visit the tomb of my child if he were buried in some temple near us. 
so the funeral took place at the temple called Senpukuchi in Okubo, and the ashes were buried there. Tanoshimi mo, samete hakanashi, haru no yume. Her poem bears no date. All the delight having perished, hopeless I remain, it was only a dream of spring. Footnote. A necessarily free translation. The lines might also be read thus, Having awakened, all the joy fleets and fades. It was only a dream of spring. The word sameru, very effectively used here, allows of this double rendering, for it means either to awake or to fade. The adjective bakanashi also has a double meaning. According to circumstances, it may signify either fleeting, evanescent, or hopeless, wretched. End footnote no date i wonder whether it was because of the sorrow that i suffered my face and limbs became slightly swollen during the fortnight after my boy's death footnote literally the first two nanuka one nanuka representing a period of seven successive days from the date of death End footnote. it was nothing very serious after all and it soon went away now the period of twenty-one days, the period of danger, is past. Here the poor mother's diary ends. The closing statement regarding the time of twenty-one days from the birth of her child leaves it probable that these last lines were written on the thirteenth or fourteenth day of the third month. She died on the twenty-eighth of the same month. I doubt if anyone not really familiar with the life of Japan can fully understand this simple history, but to imagine the merely material conditions of the existence here recorded should not be difficult. The couple occupying a tiny house of two rooms, one room of six mats and one of three, the husband earning barely one pound per month, the wife sewing, washing, cooking, outside the house of course, no comfort of fire, even during the period of greatest cold. I estimate that the pair must have lived at an average cost of about seven pence a day, not including house rent. Their pleasures were indeed very cheap. A payment of two pence admitted them to theatres or to gidayu recitations, and their sightseeing was done on foot. Yet even these diversions were luxuries for them. Expenses represented by the necessary purchase of clothing or by the obligation of making presents to kindred upon the occasion of a marriage or a birth or a death could only have been met by heroic economy now it is true that thousands of poor folk in tokyo live still more cheaply than this live upon a much smaller income than one pound per month and nevertheless remain always clean neat and cheerful but only a very strong woman can easily bear and bring up children under such conditions conditions much more hazardous than those of the harder but healthier peasant life of the interior and as might be supposed the weakly fail and perish in multitude readers of the diary may have wondered at the eagerness shown by so shy and gentle a woman to become thus suddenly the wife of a total stranger about whose character she knew absolutely nothing a majority of Japanese marriages, indeed, are arranged for in the matter-of-fact way here described, and with the aid of a nakodo, 
but the circumstances for this particular case were exceptionally discomforting. The explanation is pathetically simple. All good girls are expected to marry, and to remain unmarried after a certain age is a shame and a reproach. The dread of such reproach, doubtless, impelled the writer of the diary to snatch at the first chance of fulfilling her natural destiny. She was already twenty-nine years old, and another such chance might never have offered itself. To me, the chief significance of this humble confession of struggle and failure is not in the utterance of anything exceptional, but in the expression of something as common to Japanese life as blue air and sunshine. The brave resolve of the woman to win affection by docility and by faultless performance of duty, her gratitude for every small kindness, her childlike piety, her supreme unselfishness, her Buddhist interpretation of suffering as the penalty for some fault committed in a previous life, her attempts to write poetry when her heart was breaking, all this, indeed, I find touching, and more than touching. But I do not find it exceptional. The traits revealed are typical, typical of the moral nature of the woman of the people. Perhaps there are not many Japanese women of the same humble class who could express their personal joy and pain in a record at once so artless and pathetic, but there are millions of such women inheriting, from ages and ages of unquestioning faith, a like conception of life as duty, and an equal capacity of unselfish attachment. End of chapter 11